1: Hi, Joel here, and I have a problem and a very exciting solution for you before we kick off this next podcast episode. The problem is we have over 80 episodes where we have talked about abuse, polygamy, forgiveness, abandonment, betrayal, marital conflict, romance, and how grace, the grace of Jesus, can bring healing to all that. How do you find which episode has what you want to hear about? The answer is our new search feature right on our Unveiling Grace podcast website. Are you not able to find the episode where a prominent Mormon actually propositioned one of our guests and asked her to be one of his plural wives? No problem. Type in the word proposition and our search feature will take you not only to the episode where this word occurs but the exact place in the transcript where you can listen to where it was talked about. Type in the word abuse and find all the episodes where Lynn and I have talked with guests about how they have suffered and found healing from emotional, spiritual, and physical abuse. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com, click on the search tab, and put in your search. And now, this week's episode
2: welcome to another episode of the unveiling grace podcast i'm lynn wilder
1: and i'm joel Grote. and again we have a guest with us michelle is back she was with us last week and we kind of Thanks. stopped right in the middle of her story so this week what we're doing is picking up um, if you didn't catch last week's episode then definitely do that um, you can go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and catch all of our back episodes there along with show notes and any verses we mentioned and other stuff like that. So last week, Michelle shared with us how she kind of always grew up believing in God, a Methodist family, but an abusive family background, wasn't healthy, left a big hole in her heart for family and connectedness. Um, she did a lot of religious searching as a teenager and then in her early twenties and through a number of other things, found the Mormon church. Yet. Even 30 years of faithful and devoted service as a member of the Mormon Church failed to bring the sense of family she longed for. She suffered through abuse and divorce and even a sense of abandonment. But God was on the move and he was pursuing her with grace and love. That is where we ended last week and that is where we pick up with this final segment of Michelle's story.
3: Now fast forward to um, more recently is that I found out what God's family was. And that was a pretty, I would actually say that was a very painful process right before I laid everything at Jesus' feet. Because I was to the point where my identity had been broken down so much that um, I started out, I was a daughter, but I was no longer a daughter of my mom. I was a, I was a brother, I'm sorry, I was a sister, but I'm not close to my brother. I was a wife, but now I'm no longer a wife. I was a teacher because I homeschooled, and that was stripped from me through the courts, through my ex. So now I was no longer a teacher as of January. Um, I was LDS. and now I was because I was looking into all of this, I was not going to the LDS church um, as of uh, about two months ago. I took a break because of all of the um, the hurt that had happened. So now I was realizing I wasn't LDS. And so I was clinging to that I was a child of God and a mother. I only had those two things left as my identity. Wow! And then it was told to me very close when I, um, when I was real close to giving it all to God, that I was not even a child of God. So I only had that I was a mother and, and that not child of God, meaning that the LDS, the, the Mormons believe that a child of God, everyone's a child of God. It's a global thinking. It's not right. a personal thinking. And when I was told that I was not a child of God, it devastated me. Because all I've wanted all my life is to be loved by God. And, so, and two days later is when I gave it all to God. Because that was a very dark time for me. Because I knew in my heart that I wasn't God's. And yet and uh, but a miraculous thing when I did, um, I I, I learned about being adopted into his family and that it was forever, that it would not be uh, a conditional uh, acceptance, a conditional love that that I received an inheritance that inheritance that I had been looking for in terms of a forever family in heaven with in the LDS church is now an eternal acceptance, inheritance with God that, and he doesn't leave me when I sin. He doesn't leave me when I'm not performing. He doesn't leave me ever. And so there was a huge, um, it went from an identity crisis to a knowing for the first time in my life that I was not alone and that I was loved dearly.
1: So how did that take place? How did God bring you to that point? Was it just by yourself? Was it with somebody else kind of laying it all out? Um, <laughs> God placed
3: placed uh, Laura in my life, like I said, four years ago. And uh, during that time, she started praying for me and with me. And she... She told me yesterday that she wasn't quite sure how how I was going to accept her praying. But then after the first time, uh, she said, well, she knows I'm a Christian and now she's asking for prayers. So we prayed often, I would say uh, a bit because of all of the uh, custody battles I've been in with my ex. And so she has seen that over the last four years. So fast forward to, um, you know, it was more so a um a faith crisis is what she called it about two a little just a tiny bit over two months ago and and at that point um that was when I was really realizing that uh, with with court issues with losing my status as a teacher you know all of that identity stuff that I started really questioning um uh I, I knew I wasn't happy in attending the ward here, the LDS ward here. My children weren't happy. Uh, my children didn't wanna go to church every Sunday. Um, so I started, uh, because we were listening to Caleb, uh, uh, Laura's church, the um, Creekside Christian church up here, uh, they have that type of music. And I'm used to hymns. I'm not used to <laughs> I'm
1: not <laughs> contemporary used to yes.
3: this, Yeah, to actually so I I would just told my children I was gonna go listen to some K Love live music is what I called it. And so I I went and it was very tough that first time. I had a lot of fear in me um, that they were going that the LDS people were going to see my car outside of this church because it was on the same road um, and I was dressed like the LDS people that is not how they dress at Creekside <laughs> so um, so it was a very strange feeling and I was used to looking sideways like what Lynn has has told me and it is very true I look sideways I wasn't looking up to God <laughs> um, and I I um, that's sort of where it started and and within um that month um about about you know from two months ago to about a month ago um that was that time period where i dropped everything and decided to not go back to the lds church the the mormon church i stopped uh, i put aside my book of mormon and asked laura for a bible with no footnotes to the book of mormon Um, and I dove in with everything that I had and I knew now I skipped a point last September when I received a motion from my ex, it put me into a point that I knew that there was going to be some change. I knew that I needed God. I knew that I wouldn't be able to make it through this without God, but I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew that it was going to be different and i thought it was going to be praying more reading more book of mormon you know just getting closer to god but uh he was serious it was going to be different and so so he um that was sort of the start of this whole thing and and it's just moved since then however it's just been mostly over the last two months of just diving in and i asked my oldest daughter to sort of take over for a month and a half and i sat in my car in my garage and I studied. I didn't eat for five days. I listened to Caleb music, listened to Laura, listened to the Bible. Listen, I, I, it was, it was phenomenal what happened, but I knew that it was fast. And I, I have said that it was like I grabbed onto a rope and I didn't know that God owned a speedboat. That's what it felt like. <laughs> and so, so I hung on for dear life and, um, and I got to the point. Through, through all of that, um, um, I, I think the pinnacle point was that I yelled at, and I did, I raised my voice at Laura <laughs> and said that God's yoke is not easy and His burden is not light. And that was probably the step when she stepped in and wanted to show me that His yoke is easy and His burden
2: is light. Mm-hmm.
1: That grace is a gift and we come with open hands.
2: Yes. And accept and, it. And that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well. And how have things been different now than they were before you knew the Lord?
3: Well, I didn't think that... Um, I didn't think a lot of things would happen. I thought that it was a a faith change definitely uh, to becoming a Christian. Um, uh, However, I have come to realize that everything changes when you give your life life to, to God. And because I now have a new heart and how can a new heart and eyes that are unveiled not have a new life, mm. and when he, when it is written that you have new life in Christ, that is no joke. <laughs> mm. So it, it has changed everything. It has changed how I parent. It has changed how and my children see it. It has changed with um, my patience. It's changed with how I focus on things. Um, how I wake up every morning and surrender myself to God because he knows the plan for my life. And I'm a horrible person at figuring out what to do with my life. And he is making those, he has brought down mountains down so it was flat for me to be able to walk through in the beginning. And and he promised that and I, and I saw that, um, and and so i would say that that part has changed Uh, my fear thank you my fear was completely taken on february 21st when i gave my life to him and i am no longer fear driven Uh, my ex has no no control over me anymore by fear and and it's it was such an enormous release release that it changed me uh, i've I've never lived my life without fear and this is i I don't have it anymore and that has been probably the biggest thing that I've seen of getting out of abusive family abusive um relationship to um all the glory is his and he is has changed this to where he is making that good. And I understand the ashes to beauty now. And, and I want to share with people that no matter what their circumstances are, that he is the healer of healers. He is the counselor of counselors, that he can take just horrible stuff that has happened and turn it to good and for him to be able to work through that glory.
1: Michelle, that is just so amazing. It's (laughs) such an encouraging story. And what I wanna do is I wanna ask a question for maybe LDS listeners or Mormon people who are maybe in transition, or maybe just Mormons who are like, wait a second, wait, wait. You're talking a little bit about how I feel. I feel like I can't do it anymore. Like I have tried for so long and so hard. Um, Uh I'm not making this work. You talk about giving your life over to God. How do I do that? What does that look like? I mean, (laughs) as a Mormon, I think I am committing to, I am committed to God. I mean, I am committed. So for that person who would say, Michelle, what does that look like? What is it that I'm not doing or that I, how do I give my life to God so I can experience this incredible grace and this incredible love? That you're talking about because I really feel like I want that.
3: Well, I think for me, um, it's probably different with different people, but for me, it helped a lot to change my language. With when I was with Laura, um, everything I said was feeling and what do I do? What do I it, it was, I, and, and do is actually a bad word now. <laughs> um, I don't like to to say that word very much because there's nothing that I can do to accept his gift. And I think um, for me, I got to the bottom, the very bottom of a pit with identity crisis, with a faith crisis. Um, and I think I had... A really hard time also letting go um, I had to keep track of all my sins um, it everything weighed down on me and and I don't really know how to explain that very much but but he Jesus's blood does it's not a weight and
1: right can I suggest something that might help you articulate Absolutely. and if it's not then say no 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 that's not it but <laughs> here's what I but here's what I'm hearing in between the lines is what you did is you made what's called the the double trade you made the the great exchange which was you took all your sin all your self effort all the stuff that depended on you and you brought that all to God and you said this is all I've got I need grace I need forgiveness um, I need you to take all this and
3: actually have a story on that
1: (laughs) and so in the process of doing that when we come to God that way with with our sin, with our failing with our shortcoming and we offer that up to him he says yes now let me give you an exchange the perfect righteousness of my son Jesus let the blood of Jesus cover you wash you from all that and now let me make you just as perfect as Jesus is in my eyes as a gift and now that's your new state of being
2: yes and you become a child of god at that point and not before right
3: right and i was trying to keep inventory of all my trash and and it it I would not, it was very difficult for me to give it to him because I didn't feel like I could give him all of it. And it's not that I wanted to hold on to it. I was afraid I would miss something. And when I came to the realization that he's going to take it all if I say to please take it all, that I felt inadequate to be able to even give it all to him. And I think that was a, a place where where I was like, wait a minute, I'm taking inventory of this trash. And he's like saying, just leave it at the curb, you know, and,
1: and but he's going <laughs> to take, take it away. all. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. That's, that's the point of First Peter, First um, Peter 2, 24, where it says he himself, referring to Jesus, he himself bore all of our sin in his yes. body on the, on the tree, that
2: we right. might die to sin. That we <laughs> might
1: die to sin. Yes. And live to righteousness. Uh, Yes. So you said you had a story about this. We've got just a few more minutes.
3: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I guess. So what's the story? It's not like you had a story that kind of went with this whole double exchange Mm
3: -hmm. thing. Yeah, it it was it was with the trash that I I was trying to to, you know, when I was telling Laura about everything and trying, you know, that was um, uh, two days before um, I became a Christian. And, and I, it was just very difficult for me because I, I kept going back to this list, you know, of like, I needed to list out everything. And I think that um, goes back to some of the the things I've been taught in the past, that God doesn't just take everything that you have to go every Sunday, and you have to um, be able to Uh, be sorrowful and uh, you know during to be a when you take the sacrament as opposed to now partaking of the elements um, it's different very very different for me so so I don't know it it was
1: Mm -hmm. well there's a sense of personal inventory or I'm responsible if I am not contrite enough or if I don't cover all of it or if I don't bring like my whole list that i truly haven't repented and so then i can't be forgiven yeah and like you said no god says no bring all just bring the whole bin of it (laughs) you don't have to count the stuff that just bring the whole basket full of trash dump it here at the curb and i'm going to take it all away past present and future
3: right and i finally realized how utterly crazy that was what i was doing and and did just you know Lay it, all at his, lay it all at his feet. And, and I, it was pretty immediate after, after that on that day that it was to clean my house out of all of the um, LDS things in my home. And, and that, that was part of that. That was for me to be able to clean out the, the old life because he gave me a new heart. And because he gave me a new heart, I have a new life. And because I have a new life, that means I need to change things in my home, and and so that it so that I can be easily focused on him, um, and that made all the difference. Following through with that, even though that was very very difficult and challenging, and but he's always been my provider, all through my life. He was a provider for me, and and it was challenging to to uh, get rid of. All of our new, our new quads, where you know they had the Bible and the Book of Mormon and the Pearl of Great Price, right. and the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, we had just purchased new ones, and um, and one of mine in particular was a journal one, and I was so excited because I love journaling, and and we, I, I packed all those packed all those up and. Um, Laura went with me and we went to the dump and, and we're talking picture frames off the walls we're talking it was uh you know all yeah. all of my temple clothing it, it was very very challenging but he provided with with people buying Bibles for my children for um for a new journal <laughs> uh, Bible yeah. and and it was <laughs> yeah. incredible to me that was a, a an incredible a moment that I realized that you know he is he is providing for me what is
2: important and so you threw out the Mormon scriptures and everything what <laughs> replaced them uh,
3: well there's a, a group down in Kansas a Bible study group that I um, that is Laura's mother uh, is in that group and they had been praying for me um, through this whole Transfer time, transition time. Excuse me, and uh, they bought Bibles for all of my children, um, and it—it's been a—he—he's filled in with with a new family, and uh, a family that loves me unconditionally, and uh, not performance no there's no performance at all and that's such a foreign concept to me that i am fascinated and dazzled by it because it just is so freeing
1: yeah and i was gonna and i was to gonna, mm-hmm. I was to gonna say lynn isn't the whole point of grace we talk about on the podcast about experiencing a grace that heals <laughs> The whole point of grace is that we are absolutely unworthy. We don't deserve to have our trash hauled away for free. We don't deserve to have all of it just taken from us. And yet, that's what makes it grace, is recognizing how unworthy we are, how undeserving we are, and how much love is lavished on us as a result. And we get to live in that love.
2: By a God who's personal. So yes.
0: personal,
2: who shows up for each of us in just amazing and personal ways that, so that you know it could be nothing but God, and I know he's done that for Michelle, but so yes. we need to let her go. So we are grateful that we have been able to hear your story, my dear friend, and we <laughs> pray that many may be curious uh, to know what you know, and to experience what you experience in relationship with the true and living God of the Bible. Grace and peace to you until next time.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Michelle. God bless you. Thanks for being with us.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity.